You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for you, the listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash in $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's promo code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, two customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me, as always, I got Dylan Kayser hailing from Vancouver Island, as I continue to get uh, corrected on. How's it going, Dylan? Thank you for that, Nick. Thank you. A big difference between Vancouver and Vancouver Island. Um, I am pumped for this episode, though. It's going to be a big one. Trey just went down with the San Jose Sharks. We got our Sharks voicemails coming in. It's going to be a banger. Yeah, as uh, everyone knows, we're calling this one the Freeze Palooza uh, episode because there was a freeze on any and all signs, waivers, and trades as of Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then teams also had to submit their protected lists, which were unveiled. So we're going to go over all that for you folks. Before we get into it, though, let's give a quick shout out to our social media handles. You can follow myself on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the podcast at StickHungryPod. And you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Dylan? You can follow myself at D-Y-L underscore T-H-P-N. Uh, I got producer Pigeon in the studio. Pigeon, what's your Twitter handle? Hey-o. It's AO. It's no, definitely it's not producer at AO. underscore pigeon. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, you know, we're going to hop right into the hot topic of the day. And probably what matters most to any Sharks fans that are listening to this right now, the trade. Now, I'm not going to call this a blockbuster trade, but um, there's quite a few assets that were thrown back and forth. So the Sharks made a trade with the Arizona Coyotes just prior to the freeze at noon exchanging uh joseph kojanash and now this is probably the biggest like concerning bit here the 2022nd second round pick for goaltender aiden hill and a 2022 seventh round pick now the the first thing i want to note before we give our initial reactions here is that both of these draft picks are not from this year's draft this is from next year's draft so uh because the sharks didn't have a second round pick for this season uh, so that'll be next year's uh, draft picks that were thrown into this. So, Dylan, when you when you heard this come out, what was your initial reaction? 
my initial reaction was this is expensive for a goalie of this caliber. Um, so I do think that, you know, the, the San Jose Sharks probably overpaid slightly. I think it was a case of they really wanted this particular player in Aiden Hill and they went for him. Looking at the numbers, though, I, I actually I, I'm fairly confident in this goalie. I think he might uh, be a starter in the NHL. Do I think he's going to be a, an elite goaltender? Probably not. But I think he has a chance uh, to be the starter for San Jose this upcoming season. Yeah, you know, if. When I initially saw the, uh, it was a tweet by Kevin Kurz about an hour before the deadline, and it said that there were rumblings that San Jose has made a trade for a goaltender, and there were a lot worse scenarios that popped up in my head. I had Braden Holtby was the first thing that came to mind. Uh, funny enough, Kemper was another person that came to mind, and then uh, possibly uh, snagging Dreger before the expansion draft to try to sign him prior to the deadline. Um, none of those things happened, and I saw that it was Aiden Hill. Now, I had actually just recently, uh, I believe Shang Pang came out with something recently that said that the Coyotes were very high on Aiden Hill, and they were trying to actually shop Kemper around, which is why I thought Kemper was going to be the way to go. So instead, the Sharks made the trade for Aiden Hill. Um, the second round pick, though, when I saw that it was the second pick or the second round pick of next year's draft, that was my biggest concern, and I think that's what everyone's biggest concern is. Um, in in reality, the Sharks are probably going to be another bot. You know, if, if we're being completely honest here, the Sharks are probably going to be a bottom ten team next season, and so that's that's a top ten pick in a very, uh, very deep draft as opposed to this season. You know, you're you're looking at what's that around forty, you know, the forties essentially, and you know, in the second round, so. That was probably my biggest concern. Yeah, I mean, what bothers me, Nick, is like we've seen goaltenders being moved in the past for, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say pennies on the dollar, but a lot less than you would expect. And then a guy like this, like if you're the Arizona Coyotes, you're giving up your third string goaltender and you're getting a second round pickback. That's that's huge value. But also at the end of the day, like I think we lost value, but we got the player that we wanted. We need goaltending. We've said it, you know, all year. I think this is a, a sign that Martin Jones is going to get bought out. He's not going to be a shark next year. I, I think you can uh, put that in writing. So yeah, I, I like the move in general for you know the performance on ice of this team. I don't necessarily like this move as far as asset management. Now, um, before we go a little bit deep into. Um, just in general, like maybe some some trade comps. Let's talk a little bit about Aiden Hill. People that don't really know that much about him, he's a, I believe he's a Vancouver native. I'm not sure. No, he okay, okay, Nick. Nick knows he's fucking with me here. He is from <laughs> Vancouver Island, folks. Comox, BC. Uh, so yeah, he's only 25 years old, and he's got just 49 games of nhl experience but he's also played in 138 ahl games um you you know he's a big fucking guy if i'm being completely honest he's six foot six much larger than who we currently have i believe martin jones six four so he's six six just over 200 pounds he's, he's got like absolute, half an inch on you nick he's got two full fucking inches on me so oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm six four but yeah, Aiden Hill is a large, young man, and I think that's the the biggest thing that I want to kind of take a look at here is when Martin Jones was traded for in 2015, Jones only had 34 games, uh, 34 NHL games under his belt, and 158 AHL you know games. 
Dreger has 38 NHL games and 139 AHL games under his belt currently right now. So the Sharks saw this as an opportunity. I can't say buy low because they paid premium price for him. I mean, he was a former third-round pick, but he's also significantly cheaper than a lot of the options that are out there right now. He's you know he's got a very good cap hit for the Sharks, um, and, and this this allows them to like you said buy out Martin Jones uh, after the expansion, and then go after. I mean, I believe it was your guy because Dreger was my guy, and I still think I think he's going to Seattle. I think Seattle's going to select him and then I try to so sign too. him. But your guy was Linus Olmark, and I put this out on Twitter, and it got a lot of. Uh, positive kind of uh i don't want to say reviews but a lot of people liked it so yeah aiden hill they, they like everything you put out nick come on the people Man. love you <laughs> not always the case all right all right not not always the case no um but i said this is where if we're looking at cost analysis essentially of what we think who's going to cost what if we got chris dreger at like a three-year three and a half million dollar deal i think that we can put olmark at a three-year four million dollar a year deal so if you're able to go out like the Sharks and you can go get your guy, Dylan, you can get Linus Olmark and Aiden Hill and then buy out Jones, now you have what could possibly be a very good 1A, 1B tandem that doesn't include old fuckers like Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik. I think this is a completely revamped goaltending room, which is what Doug Wilson was essentially set out to do. So... There's the, I, you know, I like the idea. I definitely like the idea. Um, I'm less high on the Sharks going after a top end goalie like Allmark. Well, I don't want to say top end, but top end in this in this uh, free agency class. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Sharks are going to go after a guy that can maybe play, you know, 15, 20 games that can maybe split some AHL time with Melnichuk because I think that maybe they want to throw him into like 10 or 15 games this year as well. And then you're looking at Aiden Hill can play, let's say, 45, 50 games. I think that's the scenario that the Sharks are looking at. Get a cheap guy in for maybe a million, maybe under a million. Fill in that spot. Go up and down as Melnichuk needs to come up and down and play with him. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you think there, Nick? I, I think they want to keep Melnichuk in the A for a, as much as they can to get those starts in. Kind of like what Aiden Hill has had to do sitting behind Kemper and Auntie Ranta. Uh well, here, here's is... here's my thought. First half of the season, Mel Nichuk's playing in the AHL. Second yeah. half of the season, if he's playing well, you have that opportunity to call him up and send the backup that's with the Sharks down to the AHL and swap it up. If he comes up and he struggles for five or six games, then you just send them back and you swap them out in positions. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it will have to do with how the Sharks are playing, right? So, 100%. Yeah, it, the the thing that they continue to go back to right regardless of if we agree with it right is because because we've talked about all right dude you just got to fucking rebuild this shit because it, it, you can't do anything with what you have well you can't rebuild because no one's going to take the contracts off so and you just doing, traded a second round pick yeah well yeah that's exactly what i'm getting to is they just traded a second round pick which would be an asset for the future to try to solve their goaltending. So to me, it seems like they're they're trying to go, and I, I don't want to say all in, but they're really trying to reset that window with their current core of players and actually make a playoff push, which is why I feel personally they're not going to go after like a super cheap option because I still think with Aiden Hill being 25 years old, yeah, he's really good. Like if you look at his J Fresh card, he's got 
I think he's ranked 15th of uh he was 15th in the nhl this season so per natural stat, stat trick he was 15th in the nhl with an 822 high danger save percentage of 51 goalies hmm. and that's 1000 plus all situations minutes so martin jones was 48th of 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 the 51 that's pretty high right. for jones out of 51 yeah i'm surprised he's not 51 i want to know who 51 is but <laughs> so hill's 15th I mean, that's very good. The Sharks are known for giving up high nature chances against. So I feel like Hill isn't being looked at as the 1A moving forward. I think he's being looked at as the 1B, and they're going to go after the 3 to $4 million goaltender because they, they know that their biggest problem right now is between the pipes. You yes, know what, Nick? Uh, do- I'm, I'm going to say I agree with you. I agree yeah. with your opinion here, and I think that you're on the right track, and that's – the thought process that Doug Wilson is going through, it still just scares the hell out of me because I don't yeah. think it's the right way to go. Because the more money, because uh, if you look at it, right, the more money you spend on that veteran goaltender, that's less money that you can give Casey Sezikis in the offseason to yeah. sign him over. Or, he's gonna, or any he's other gonna, free agent. Literally any other. And he, he said himself in the, uh, in the presser that he still wants to add a couple more forwards. Well, they're not going to be cheap. How are you going to add these forwards? either via trade or signing. So you can't put too much money into the goaltending basket because then, because you have so much money tied up in your veteran players, you can't pay any three Cs and you're stuck with the same problems. So, yes. (laughs) There's no answers. There's no easy (laughs) answer to this. And, you know, we've talked uh, before about, you know, Kevin LeBanc maybe getting moved. I still think that's an option. I still think that they're looking to trade him uh, for maybe a center and fill in that third line center role. But you look at this roster throughout the bottom six and yeah, there's a lot of holes. Even the top six is looking a little rough. If you're looking at, you know, Rudolph Balser is kind of filling out that spot. Love the player, but is he a legit top six guy? I'm still not sure. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how Doug Wilson does it. And he has to do it on the cheap. He has no option, but to do it on the cheap. Yeah. I mean, and he's put himself in the situation. He's the one that signed sealed and delivered all of those contracts all those albatross-esque contracts to the uh to the veterans of this group so if we're just taking a look at this trade according to cap friendly 68 or sorry 62 of the votes and i believe if i can do quick math here which i probably can't hashtag math 98 there's 98 votes here so 62 of the 98 votes said that uh arizona won this deal what do you what do you think, Dylan? I would say Arizona won the deal, but I think San Jose got the player they wanted. So at the end of the day, I think both teams kind of win. But if you're looking value wise, Arizona won at the end of the day. Yeah, I I have it skewed more towards Arizona mainly because uh you know he is a former third round pick, so he was selected around that area. Um, and here's but, the thing, like when sometimes when you really want a specific guy, sometimes you just got to pay that price, whatever the team's putting on him. Right. And if it's not too outlandish, you just pull the trigger. And that's what Doug Wilson did here. Well, my only con- no, I don't want to say concern is my only critique. My, my biggest critique right now uh, with that trade is either Kemper or Hill was going to Seattle had either of them not been dealt. Right. So. You wait until ten minutes before the deadline, and you don't. Maybe you don't have to pay a second. But there, there are things that we don't know out there. Was someone else in on it that was going to offer their second, 
and did the Sharks have to throw their second in to get the guy? And I, and I agree with what you said. I think this really was, whether it be Doug Wilson Jr. or even Evgeny Nabokov or Doug Wilson himself's guy, it's either one of their guys. So they got who they think could be both a short-term and a long-term option in net, you know, based on his age. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Arizona won the initial part of this trade. I really feel like that second-round pick and Aiden Hill's performance is going to essentially be, uh, you know, when we look back at this trade in a couple of years, much like the Carlson trade, when we look back at it, we're actually going to see who won this trade based on the performance of those those two players involved. And let's not sleep on, on Kojinash as well. He did pretty damn good behind a very, very porous Sharks defense. And we obviously wish the best of luck. You know, I when, when he became basically the starter in the, the back end of the year there, I actually downloaded the check keyboard on my phone so I could properly spell his name out on twitter boy with, with all the the different accents so it's going to be a bummer not to be able to spell his name anymore unless we play arizona but best of luck to him moving forward in that organization 100 percent. all right should we uh should we get to the protected list here let's get to to some uh expansion talk man i i'm just so jacked i'm so jacked yeah i mean for for being a sharks fan right you would think, and maybe it's because we don't have anything major at stake, but <laughs> this is so fun to see. You know, I didn't really like the the Vegas draft because you just, I don't know, I just didn't really like it. Like, I saw who they picked. I, I loved it personally. I mean, anytime something this big can happen in the NHL, like, you, you got to cherish those moments because they don't happen yeah. too often. So, like, well, when I knew they got this flurry. next week. When I knew they were going to get flurry is when I was like, oh, man, are you kidding me, dude? Why <laughs> yeah. can't the Sharks, like, relocate? And then San Jose just gets another hockey team, and we run this shit back, right? And we just start from scratch. We we would honestly be better <laughs> off. It's, it's hilarious. Be. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is very exciting. Honestly, the, the Northwest market hasn't had a good hockey. The Pacific Northwest market hasn't had a really good hockey team in a while. So uh, this is going to be good <laughs> for that Canucks. area. <laughs> I know that's where you're going with that. I'm just and throwing a little not, bit of shade. It's not a lie. It's not a lie. No. Well, just like California hasn't had one in a few years. So honestly, I think are. Seattle's going to be better than Vancouver out of, out of the gate. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, just from what we've seen with who's being protected and who got who waived some no move clauses and shit's going to get crazy. But we're we're going to focus actually on this episode. We're going to focus on the Sharks protection list and talk a little bit about who we think Seattle's going to draft from San Jose. So. Let's just roll down this protected list here really quick, and then you can tell the big names that are left. We got Rudolph Balsers, Logan Couture, Jonathan Dahlin, which, uh, who was recently signed over from the uh, Allsvensk, and I was going to say Swedish Hockey League, but he didn't play in that. Uh, Tomas Hurdle, Evander Kane, Kevin LeBanc, Timo Meyer, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Mark Edward Vlasic, and newly acquired goaltender Aiden Hill. So the biggest name that's left up there, Dylan, in your opinion, who is it? Well, I think there's three names that we got to list off here. And, you know, one of them is who I think is going to get moved. Uh, Ryan Donato, Dylan Gambrell, and Redim Shimek. I, I think that those are definitely three targets that uh, they're looking at. And, of course, you know, listen, this name, Martin Jones, has been thrown out there. 
uh, the Seattle's not taking Martin Jones. I'm just going to say that right now. I've seen on Twitter a bunch of people saying, oh, yeah, I think Seattle's going to take Jones. Why on earth would they take Martin Jones when there's so many good options for their, uh, out there on the market for them? Um, yeah. Those are the main guys. I don't, did I miss anybody other than when I initially missed Martin Jones and you text me in the private chat saying, what the fuck are you doing? Elite goaltender Martin Jones. <laughs> He's just off my radar. Like, I just want to, like, forget about his existence with the San Jose Sharks. I'm telling you, when they buy him out on July 22nd, first thing in the morning, we can forget about him, finally. No, we're, we're having a party. Like, removing a cyst, because <laughs> that's what he is on the, on the backs of the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, those are all, like, the real big names. I don't think they're going to take anyone that would be like a crazy i mean because i mean anything other than those people would be a crazy pick yeah it's not going to have any impact really on the sharks like i think looking at these names the biggest impact would probably be shimek i mean i could be wrong there i think they're going to take gambrell because he's just a cheap option right i think when you come to a team like san jose at the end of the day you're just like let's take someone that's not going to be a hit against our cap that's a mill or under and doesn't have a lot of term on their contract. And I think that's what's going to happen here uh, with the Sharks. Yeah, and Gambrell just recently was signed to that one-year, $1.1 million deal. Uh, still has RFA eligibility at the end of this season. So, you know, with Donato, who currently isn't signed, you can take him and try to negotiate RFA rights, but his contract is currently valued around $2 million. And I feel like there's so many better options out there for uh seattle whereas you can never have too many good centermen and that's what dylan yeah. gambrell is he, he came a little bit into his own the 3c job in san jose it's not his job it, it, it's just not going to work out now he could take the 3c job in seattle i highly doubt it but these these are the options they can also slot him in at 4c and like you said he's a very cheap option that they can bury down there and if all else fails he can be traded or moved or or this or that after the expansion draft so who do you and you said you believe dylan gambrell is obviously going to be selected correct yeah i think dylan gambrell is going to be selected uh when i did my mock draft i had him slotted in as the 4c for seattle now mm -hmm. it could be anyone and like you said he could be moved around the the bottom of the lineup or even play you know maybe they move him but at the end of the day it's just it's it's an easy guy to deal with right it's not like you're yeah bringing on a contract that's 2.5 and all of a sudden it's tough to move off if you don't want this guy in your roster at 1.1 it's an easy guy just to flip out for a seventh yeah and exactly what you just said is what shimmick is that hard to flip contract at 2.25 yep. million a year which is why i don't feel like they take shimmick there plus there's so many just great defensemen that are going to be available for them to take you got Brendan Dillon who's going to be available Dylan DeMello is going to be available they can bring back the dilly dilly special you got Shane Ghost to spare. There's so many people. Mark Giordano. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're looking at great veteran players on the blue line. You don't need a guy like Shimmick back there for Seattle. So, in my opinion, he's the him and Jones are right next to each other and league least likeliest to get selected. Jones even somehow further below him. Like if there's a negative percent chance, Jones is in the negative percent chance of being selected. I just don't like there's no way in hell they take Martin Jones. I mean, yeah, if yeah. they do, sure, people come back and rip on me about this, but I'm pretty confident they're not going to take Martin Jones. Dude, if they take Martin Jones, I want to know how much money Doug Wilson gave Ron Francis. 
Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. no fucking way, dude. No way. No way. They'd have to give them this year's seventh overall pick and more to take Martin Jones. Honestly, like just, I, oh. I think you might be right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I have Donato and Gambrell pretty much set even. I, I want to say Gambrell has a little bit of a higher chance just because he is a center and Donato's just consistency is not there. Gambrell's a defense first centerman. So that's who I'm projecting they take as well you know there's a lot of people where it's the other way around they want a uh, high upside with donato and they think he's going to take a team-friendly contract as an rfa player for a year so that way he can prove himself and maybe get a better contract in a highly competitive area of seattle you know because every everyone's job is on the line so there's a possibility that that's going to happen but i feel like with san jose they're going to take a little bit more of a conservative approach and just snag a Washington native Dylan Gambrell. So great marketing there for him as well. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I think we're done with expansion talk for now for this episode. Tomorrow um, on Tuesday, we have our bonus episode coming out with our mock expansion teams. Uh, but right now, Nick, this is I've been waiting for this for a while. The voicemails. Yep. From Sharks Nation, from mostly from Reddit, these voicemails. A uh, couple from Twitter, I believe. But Nick, there's there's some bangers in here. Yeah, honestly, since we have reached out to the phenomenal subreddit that is San Jose Sharks, and uh, IBC Freak has given us the permission to post our uh, recordings and all, all of this, any sort of interactable content on there. We've had nothing but just it's positivity. It's all it is, and that's what I love about it, honestly is we get so much more interaction we get you know and, and criticism as well it's like and people they start the discussion and i think that's what we're here to do is you know maybe we can bring something to the table that others haven't and then we also get different perspectives from different people and so i believe we posted the question out there give us your reaction to this season and honestly I can't really describe how great they are. I'm going to let them speak for themselves. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all just amazing. And Nick, just to echo what you said, just the interaction through, you know, a lot of new fans of the show has been awesome. And, and I agree. We love the different perspective opinions. Like I always say, if you want to rip on us for an opinion, go right ahead because I love it because it makes me look at a situation a little bit different. It's been a lot of fun. But yeah, let's get into the voicemails. First one here I have, I just have everyone's first names. We have a voicemail from Tyler. For the Sharks, I feel we were very disappointing. Compared to the previous season, that was between a lot of changes and injuries. So a lot of the losses were understandable. This season, there weren't as many injuries. We had Bob Bugner full-time, and I feel that he didn't really provide the depth that we needed. He constantly changed up the lineups, made some odd decisions I did not agree with, like putting Donato on the fourth line, when before with Donato, Couture, and LeBanc on the first line, I thought that line was doing amazing. But I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know how we can be a playoff team next year. It's I don't see it happening with Bob Bugner still on the team. I think this is a coaching issue at this point. Yeah, I think we've kind of heard all year people questioning Bob Bugner. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think he necessarily had the tools to succeed, but also was I overly impressed with his job? I, I guess not. Well, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like uh, Tyler brought up a lot of points that we have talked about immensely on this podcast. We've talked about the coaching issues 
we've talked a lot about uh, the lineup changes throughout the year and how there was no real setup in the majority of the lines, minus maybe the first line for a while with Kane, Couture, and LeBanc. Um, you, you know, and I, I really want to kind of accent something he said about the lack of injuries this season. And I think that's where we came up with a lot of excuses in the previous season. Like you said, it's like everyone was injured all the time. What if everyone was healthy? Well, a lot of people were healthy for a long time this season. So this is where his question comes in. How do we make the playoffs? And luckily that's not any of our jobs to figure out. That's Doug Wilson. And he's starting with goaltending and moving to the center position from there. So how can we do it? If this is solution, if this is the solution moving forward, starting with Aiden Hill and then whatever moves they make in the offseason to get back to the playoffs, that's great because once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Look at Montreal this season. Um, but, yeah, I, I would agree. It was just disappointing is the word that I feel like we're going to run into quite a bit listening to <laughs> yeah. voicemails. Yeah, totally. Uh, thanks, Tyler. We're going to move on to the next one from Joe. Hey, shout out to the guys at Stick Hungry Podcast. This is awesome. Um, but yeah, we sucked. <laughs> we sucked a lot. And hopefully we get better. You know, William Eklund, baby. All right. Uh, yes, we did suck. Um, Short and sweet. <laughs> Short and sweet, but yeah, no, we we did suck. Uh, thanks, thanks for leaving the voicemail though, Joe. Uh, that's awesome. All right, yeah, let's we, move we'd on. We'd love to see William Mecklen drop to seven. He's gotten a lot of hype. We'll see this yep. uh, this coming Friday during the actual entry draft. You know, we, Wednesday we have the expansion draft, but um, we will see exactly what happens. I I think there's going to be a lot of chaos because of how crazy this uh, draft is going to be. Christmas in July. All right, let's move on to the next one. This is from Justin. Disappointed with just a side of sadness. <laughs> Short and sweet like the last one. I actually talked to him on, on Reddit, and he replied to my post just saying that. I was like, you know what? That would be a great voicemail. And he's like, you know what, man? I'm going to do it. So uh, big shout out to Justin. Um, we got one more here. from. Actually, we have three more. This one is from Drew. As a long-term Sharks fan, I'm excited. I'm excited to be humbled again because this team has granted fans more than most other fan bases and franchises, consistently making the playoffs, making deep runs, having a solid, steady state of players. That has unfortunately ended uh, for a multitude of reasons, and I'm honestly glad that a new chapter in Sharks history is going to start because, unfortunately, this team needs to move away from the Thorntons, the Marlows, and it will be a number of years until the team begins to move away from the Carlsons, the Burns, even the Logan Coutures. But in order for things to get better, a full-on rebuild needs to take place, and I really don't expect this team to be a playoff contender for at least three, four years, maybe longer. And that's perfectly fine. Truthfully, the Sharks had plenty of opportunities to go deep and even win the cup coming close in 2016, but they didn't. And now is the time to recognize that things need to be redone in a new light and that you really need to consider contract negotiations and signings considerably so i'm excited and i can't wait to see how this rebuild goes 
All right. Thanks, Drew. Uh, I mean, we echo a lot of the same thoughts. I mean, it's in- interesting to hear a fan saying, you know, I- I'm ready to turn the page here. Like what's what's happening right now isn't working. Let's let's flip the page. And I think, Nick, we've talked about it so many times. I think that's what necessary. <laughs> that's what's necessary with the team for people listening to the podcast. Nick is just flashing his lights. It's going crazy over there. I- I'm thinking you agree, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving him the flash because. We've said it before as well. We're getting be careful who you say that to, Nick. Giving him the flash, right? (laughs) (laughs) Turning on the flashers, I guess. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) No, yeah, now now it all just sounds bad. Anyways, keep going. We're getting humbled, and he's right. Uh, Sometimes the fan base has been essentially spoiled for twenty plus years. You know, if you discount the last two years, they hadn't missed playoffs except for once in twenty fifteen, and so. Yeah, the Sharks are finally gonna. The Sharks and the Sharks fans are finally going to experience what the majority of fan bases have to, which is sad, disgusting play with a very underwhelming core and an attempt to rebuild. So, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head with that one. All right, uh, again, thanks, Drew, for the uh, voicemail. We're gonna move on to our next one here. This one is from Jeff. This past season has sucked, but all the people calling for Doug Wilson to be fired, fucking idiots. Dude is 14-3 and three in terms of making the playoffs or missing the playoffs since he's been hired by the Sharks. And Carlson, Martin Jones, and Vlasic all imploding at the same time has absolutely sunk this team. But that wasn't uh, foreseeable when we originally got Carlson. The contract is way too much money for way too long, yes, but that's what you have to do to keep people in today's league. And then the flat cap absolutely killed us. We have a chance to rebuild if we get some solid goaltending behind us. But Doug Wilson has been great for the Sharks. He's been one of the best GMs in the league. And my question for all the people who want him fired, who are you going to hire to replace him? There aren't exactly uh, elite GMs just waiting in the wings, just waiting to take over this job. Who are you going to replace him with? He's one of the better GMs in the league, and there's a lot of fucking idiot GMs in the league. Uh, Jeff, that that was an awesome call, man. Um, agree with a lot of points. You know, can't argue that you know Doug Wilson hasn't been one of the better general managers in the league in the past two decades. Um, and yeah, who 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 are you going to replace him with? Because especially if you are a team going into a rebuild, that's a lot of faith that you're putting into, let's say, a new general manager. If you do fire Doug Wilson, yeah, uh, we talked about that before. When uh, I think Kyle was saying that a couple of different times, is he feels like uh, Doug Wilson was almost on his way out because of all the moves that have been made, and that was a common question every time that we would make a like a guest appearance on a different hockey podcast network show is you know the sharks have been so great for so long and now it seems like doug wilson is just handing out albatross contracts how long until he gets fired and i'm like he's got a lot of job security one because of availability of other gms totally totally so it i mean every you know you might not agree with it as like coming from a fan standpoint maybe you are like you want to just wash your hands and bring in someone else but like you said, you don't have guys waiting in the wings just chomping at the bit to try to take over a team like the Sharks. So, I mean, it's hard to disagree with anything anything that he said at all. All right, big shout-out to uh, Jeff once again. Our last voicemail here. This is an anonymous voicemail, so we'll, oh. we'll play it here. God damn it, Sharks. It's amazing how quickly this team went from being a strong cup competitor to this. The team is flat 
unengaged, predictable. Nobody wants to be there, and we're just bogged down with brutal contracts. It's going to be years before this team starts becoming something worth watching. And yet, I'm still going to watch all these games. Fuck. <laughs> yes. I, th- I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of Sharks fans are feeling the exact same way. You know, disappointed. You know, this sucks, but you know what? God damn it, I'm still going to watch the games. I'm going to get a big-ass neon sign behind me that's in teal, and it's just going to be cursive. It's going to say, fuck. <laughs> that's, that's the perfect sum, like summary of all the voicemails in the entire last two seasons and where the Sharks are at now. It's just a fuck. Dude, yeah, just... and, and listen, like this was a lot of fun doing this, and we're definitely going to do this uh, regularly throughout the season. Not every episode, but we are going to sprinkle this in. Because it is interesting to us to to really hear from the fans. I feel like sometimes you go on Twitter or you go on, you know, any social media and you kind of get one perspective or one narrative that a lot of people are pushing. But when you listen to these voicemails, sometimes you hear, you know, a, a few different things. So I, I'm jacked. Thanks to everybody that contributed to this. Um, and we're definitely going to do this mo- more moving forward. Yeah, we love listening to your guys's reactions to what we say as well as just allowing you to speak your piece involving what the sharks have done to you so um (laughs) yeah like like dylan said we love doing this and we're going to continue doing this moving forward so dylan i think that pretty much i think that's a wrap it up yeah yeah we get a bunch of exciting stuff happened this weekend again this is a sharks podcast if you want full breakdowns of uh, you know other teams we have plenty of we, we cover every single nhl team minus the seattle kraken obviously because they don't have any real players yet so <laughs> uh, soon though soon out. very soon i'm working on it nick yeah exactly um but yeah you can also get any sort of daily hockey information updates at uh, everyday hockey it's a youtube production that dylan and isha both do uh, on the Hockey Podcast Network, so I'm sure they'll be doing a bunch of videos involving the protected lists and and who else. What would you got like? Got anything like you're looking forward to talking about? Oh, I, well, like here's the thing: I haven't planned a damn thing because I know there's just so much out there. Like there's yeah. already so much because we do it every weekday. There's so much that mm-hmm. we missed over the weekend. I mean, the, yeah. there's so many topics. It's a lot of fun though. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. And and yeah, everybody check out the YouTube channel, Everyday Hockey. Yeah, we'll, we'll be doing in our bonus episode releasing tomorrow. We're going to be doing a mock expansion draft as Seattle and just kind of conversing about who or what we would take. And we're also going to kind of go over briefly some surprises of uh, available players. Hint, hint, the price is right. So make sure, you, make sure you check out that episode tomorrow. But as far as today, I think we're all wrapped up. You guys all stay safe out there. Take care and drink your water.